I V M. Hello and welcome to the Filter Coffee podcast. In this episode, we speak to two activists of whom I'm a very big fan of. One of them is Anand Siva. Besides being an advertising professional, he's a hardcore vegan and one of the most inspiring animal activists I know of. The other is Nikhil Pawa, who is fighting a lone battle and ensuring our rights on the internet are safeguarded. I spoke to Anand Siva about a bunch of things. However, the most spine-chilling part of that conversation was when we spoke about the hunting down of Avni, the tigress, and how it is not an isolated event, but symbolic of the world we live in today, especially in India. I want to go back to, you know, since you mentioned tigers multiple times and, and somewhere in this conversation, we moved from climate change to tigers, right? Um, so, is Avni and what happened over the last two, three months, is that indicative of what's going on in biodiversity and hence the climate change discourse? Yes, uh, Avni has been a revolution, at least, especially for people like me who have been very closely working with the constituents of a tigress being killed, which means I've been working with the government. I've had a lot of interactions with the NGOs. I've had a lot of interactions with villagers, a lot of interactions, understanding the corporate government nexus, all of this coming together. But before you go into that, for, for those of the listeners who, uh, for those listeners who are not familiar with the Avni story. So it's basically a man-eating tiger in, in eastern Maharashtra. Uh, who was gunned down by the government in fairly controversial situations. That, that's the one-liner, right? That's a, that's a fantastic one-liner, the way the government would want you to say it. Because you started off with the word man-eating tiger. The controversy starts from even the way she was declared a man-eater. So the, the controversy starts from the fact that the government manipulated records to declare her a man-eater, to have her eliminated, to take over a forest that has been sold to the corporate world. So it's a... It's a nexus, I said, it's a nexus of the government with the corporate, with the villagers, with the private hunter, with the NGOs, which opened up a Pandora's box of saying how closely all of these are entwined to create that little body of forest. Fair point, but I'm not going into that. I'm saying the, the starting point in the discussion was she killed an individual. Right? In fact, I think one of the stories was, uh, I read somewhere that there's a 65-year-old woman and her 70-year-old uh, husband were in their farm uh, in, I think it's a wheat farm and uh, you know he was the husband goes out to light a campfire to protect them against wild boars etc the next thing she knows is uh, a tiger the beast is holding him by his neck right so so this this episode is what I'm referring to as a as, as a manating I'm assuming that's what everyone else is referring to as well mm-hmm. yes and no uh, mm-hmm. such such a I don't know where you got this little story from but I hope it's not a new story that is being planted because we are reading new stories every day to defend the killing of the tigers. I think this is one of the people they, they interviewed. I think multiple papers okay. did this. Yeah. So, it's, so it's like this, right? Uh, Avni has never ventured out of the forest. So when you talk of biodiversity, when you mm. talk of climate change, I think it's important to understand what this is all about. Uh, we have got about 18 square kilometers of land or forest land that has been encroached upon by the people. Right. So therefore, when you go into the encroached area, you're essentially not going into a farm. You're going into what the tiger thought was her forest. Mm. Right. So 
geographically you are getting into a forest area you are getting into the tigris area hmm. and when you go and disrupt that when you go and take away when you kill that forest what you do essentially you taking away the prey for the predator and therefore the predator comes out in search of food and therefore it is now potentially called to be coming into a farmland hmm. right and therefore it starts creating a disruption in the man's life because the farmer instead of seeing a tractor there is seeing a tiger right and therefore a series of reactions are set out and then what follows is uh, killing or potentially an attempt to kill and this is not about avni right mm. the, after avni came into the picture there have been close to 14 big cat deaths in india oh, wow. in, in, after after which is in about the last 5 months we have seen more big cats being killed or dead than ever before Hmm. Two days before the cubs of Avni were found, there were three cubs that were found dead on a railway track near Chandrapur. Right? Th- these are these are all instances of the upsetting of the bio- biodiversity. Because hmm. how did how did a tiger cub land up on a railway track? Now, did the tiger come to the railway track, or the railway track go through the jungle? Right. Right. So when you start disrupting it at a very large scale, the human-animal conflict starts emerging at a very higher level at more frequency. and we just started seeing this it's going to be get even worse over the next i think over the next 3 years are going to be extremely extremely important for our biodiversity so so one thing i've i've understood uh, you know by reading the story around avni is there are many things that are upsetting the biodiversity in india but probably the most important one are the railroads and the highways right infrastructure so, essentially but but especially these two things because they fragment a forest you, you can put through, a yeah. railroad through a forest you can't put a factory through a forest right a factory will probably replace a part of a forest but these railroads and and and, and highways are fragmenting the forests and that is where uh, suddenly you know the 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 cat finds herself in a in a track or in a road or in a house nearby a road some, yeah. something like that virtually caught in the headlamp of a car right 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 a week ago there was a very bad case of a leopard that got hit by a truck and she was lying in the middle of the road mm. with a hip fracture unable mm. to move out till somebody actually got off a truck and moved her away from it by dragging her by her tail she of course succumbed to it about 6 uh, hours later mm. we're going to be seeing increasing uh, references and occurrences of this okay but it, this is indicative of a larger problem avni is not a story by yeah, itself absolutely. but indicative of a larger is it that what you say yeah see uh. indicative of the problem in a way it's very peculiar to india is because we are overpopulating like crazy we are like rabbits on the prowl so mm. we don't have enough place to accommodate the number of people take a very i mean give a very simple example right a family of two in mumbai when in 20 years when the son grows up when the daughter grows up there's an immediate need for them to occupy one more apartment which means you need to go somewhere and there is only that much you can go vertically in a place like mumbai you start going horizontally and then you need to buy one more car and when that family is now suddenly got three apartments and three cars you need to now have triple the number of road space the number of parking lots the number of shopping malls right. so everything goes up almost triple So in twenty years, you've actually tripled the need for every infrastructure need, mm. and so therefore in twenty years you would have obviously taken up thirty percent more forests. But this is why we created all this reserve area and all of that. No, isn't that the whole point that you develop elsewhere, but but don't touch the the tiger reserve forest? Yeah, we did that assuming. So why that isn't it working? We did that assuming that the place we have kept for ourselves would would suffice. Mm. Please remember, it's not just uh, construction, right? When you say three times more people, you need to produce three times more food. 
which means you need to increase farmland under cultivation right our our needs have changed we have now become a very different society we don't we no longer eat just the local crop or the local produce we now want red pepper and yellow pepper in our food we want zucchini we want broccoli all these foods never existed before so as the fashion fashionable eating trends change hmm. farmers get into whatever what's more lucrative what's more productive what's more unseasonal hmm. therefore we've started changing everything and that's what i think biodiversity is all about saying so you go and impact the kind of crop that should actually grow Hmm. and then you think you can now impact do won't impact because you anyway growing i'll give you a good example right what does the forest minister say every time he needs to take over the forest he says don't worry i'm going to place some saplings i'm going to plant 1 lakh saplings and he shows us a completely arid area right what he has to remember is he can only place saplings there he can only grow trees but he can't grow a forest what is the difference there's a big difference when when the crop grows in a place that forest grows based on the biodiversity that exists there it creates food for the animals and birds that depend on the forest which is why i said the forest needs a tiger as much as the tiger needs a forest it's it's about the wildlife represented by the uh, tiger right when you when you start planting you plant saplings of your choice mm. right you don't plant saplings that are designed for the lives that exist there that depend on those trees you plant the same it's like a grove you just plant the same kind of trees across a large plot of land that's mm. not what a forest is you'll never see the same kind of trees in one area or you'll find a variety of them which is why they are called biodiversity you can mm. never build biodiversity you can only destroy it okay fair at this point i want to go back to the whole speciesism thing that you spoke about speciesism right? speciesism yeah okay uh, from a from an avni perspective right now now let's not call it a man eater or anything else but uh, she has caused grave danger to the human species living in the place where unfairly she is now roaming around right what is wrong in a species protecting itself by that what i mean is uh, the story i told you about the farmer uh, who was killed what is wrong in another person belonging to the same species hunting down an animal that killed this person i think that's exactly what speciesism is all about the question i would ask you is what is wrong in avni killing a man because she was protecting her daughters i don't think the the killing of avni was you know or or the killing of the man either of them were one was more it's not like one was mo- more sorry it's not like one was more morally correct than the other right uh, but i'm just saying that it's it's a reaction right uh, my species got killed so i'm going to kill not not because I want to morally prove a point, but uh, that's how I protect my own. If you did that in self-defense as an individual in the forest, right, and you acted according to your natural instincts, that works. But if you actually landing up there with drones, with night vision binoculars, with vehicles that can take you in, you are sabotaging the entire effort of survival. You're going there with the forest under. I was there for three days in the forest before Abney was killed. Hmm. that place was How under was it? it was under siege i was i was near kolaba when the bombay terror attacks happened mm. actually didn't see any difference i found about 150 commandos there it was a war room the battle room was happening right there and that's not the way you protect yourself that was an that was an avengeful that you went there with the objective of tracking down a tigress who was not to be found right and then you brought her down and then you called it you can't call it self defense anymore 
but but that's actually the example you gave is exactly what i'm talking about right when someone attacks my species whether it is man or human or, or an animal i'm reacting the exact same way i'm i'm causing a commotion i'm getting all help i can and i'm going into the forest or into kolaba and killing the person who caused the danger yeah i think the difference is this right uh, when a terrorist comes to my temple or my uh, school and bombs me then the intention is very different that's invasion hmm. when you go into a tigress's forest and then you get killed you you you're reversing the trend on that note we'll take a quick break on the filter coffee podcast and be right back welcome back to the filter coffee podcast i spoke to nikhil pawa founder of media nama on the fourth anniversary of the net neutrality movement in india a movement he championed and won i wanted to join the chat when we spoke about the weeks leading up to this battle which was easily a david versus goliath situation except here david was a collection of people who were all working for the first time with each other and simply united by a singular cause let's listen in. another thing that actually fascinated me in this whole thing is the entire story behind save the internet campaign right is nothing short of a freedom struggle in in modern times and i liked how you know it started with you and a few others and then it gathered momentum a lot of people were spending their time on it voluntarily and uh, things just uh, you know fell into place somewhat right uh, how did it all start so the problem with technology policy even today um, is that it's the privilege of a few it's like a thousand now it's a thousand people at that time it was like a few hundred people who would participate in regulatory consultations and define what the policy was going to be so i i remember it was it, it was almost the campaign began almost 4 uh, years to the date that we're recording this podcast oh wow on the 27th of march uh, 2015 around january i started preparing for this consultation what had happened was that airtel had sliced off voip into a separate pack and there was a public outcry and that was an indicator to me that people really do care if let's say whatsapp calling or skype calling is carved out from regular phone usage or regular internet usage mm. and so the tra i had said then that they will do a consultation so i started imagining what questions the tra i would ask and i started drafting a response to that and in that process started understanding what my beliefs are when when it comes to the mm. open internet like i literally have a word document where i'd written down fake questions and figured out answers of course the consultation paper that came out was much worse mm. but the other thing that i much had much worse in the sense it was more difficult to answer or? no it was it was looking at licensing every app on the internet ah. or or a registration for every app on the internet mm. an app that's going to launch in mexico is not going to sign, do a registration in india just for it was it impractical to be available right? right so the international right. nature of the internet gets affected the other thing that had happened was that because it was a privilege of these few and they would look at nuances and not look at the bigger picture of the openness and the freedom of the internet i was frustrated about what they would do like non-profits would file a submission with the trai and let it be at that that's why they're concerned their job is done and i'd seen this cycle in many other 
regulatory consultations and processes in the past. Some of them even said that, you know, we don't have the funding to look into this issue, so therefore we can't. Mm. And for me, this was something I just cared about, you know. For me, this was more important than Media Nama, for example. So, okay. But where uh, do you find your allies? How, no, how no, so, they so, hmm. so along the way, working on internet freedom stuff, we'd, I'd made connections on 66A, uh, Raman Chima, Apal Gupta, Kiran Jwalagadda of Hasgeek was, uh, was a really old friend of mine. So, you know, my thing about this campaign was, and I'd actually wrote it in, a, in an email to uh, to someone four days before even the consultation paper came out saying that if we can, like the non-profit ecosystem, it says that it represents people, but it doesn't really reach out to people and get them involved in this. So can we, if instead of 15 people doing a response to this consultation, can we get regular people involved and get them to, you know, even if we get 15,000 responses to the campaign, that'll be great. You know, that will change the way the regulator thinks about this thing. Like people actually care about this stuff. So when the paper came out, my my objective was to get this to reach out to as many people as possible and give them an easy means of responding to the consultation. And so uh, my first call was to Apar Gupta, who started working on looking at, uh, studying it and putting mm-hmm. together a legal response to it. I then sent, in fact, even before that, I'd send an email to AIB. Kamba was someone I'd interacted with quite a bit on Twitter. Hmm. And so, and he'd been in touch with me related to something on the internet in the past. So I sent him an email and I was half expecting AIB to say no, because, you know, they were huge at that time, very popular. Yeah. And so they almost immediately responded saying yes. And hmm. I was stunned that, you know, we actually, because they can reach a large number of people, we necessarily can't. And then uh, on Monday, uh, this was on a Friday, on, a, on the Monday, I don't remember the exact date, but we needed a tech platform to enable emailing people. And I called up Kiran and he came on board almost immediately. So we effectively had uh, teams operating mm-hmm. and our decision was no meetings. Everyone has their tasks, everyone operate independently. So we had a legal and policy team in Delhi that was working. We had a tech team that 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 Kiran was building in Bangalore. And uh, I was just noisy. I was just tweeting about it, trying to distill a lot of the issues around uh, net neutrality for people who were still questioning, responding to a thousand questions on Twitter. Parallel to us, Reddit was active. Redditors were worried about it from a net neutrality perspective. So they were trying to figure out how they respond to it. Mm. One thing led to the other in the sense, we, in fact, I was in touch with, uh, with, uh, with with the startup community and on the day that the net neutrality video launched, like we helped AIB with a script and sort of making sure it's in line with what net neutrality is about. We had a website up with draft responses that people could send mm. or they could put their own responses and send. We had an FAQs that was put together purely on the basis of questions that people were asking us. Right. And we ended up with almost 34 pages of Q&A. So any question anyone had, it was answered there. The campaign launched and we just started seeing the numbers pile up in terms of the emails that were going to the TRAI. Mm, mm. And what's interesting is someone in the TRAI told me this, that until the campaign began, mm. they, for the first time in their history, there were people who had been emailing them and abusing them for doing, for saying such things in the paper. They'd never seen anything like this before. So no one was expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. Right. But the moment we gave people a means to participate, they got involved. Well, that was this week's episode. If you want to listen to the full episodes, please do so on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcasts.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts 
on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I am the underscore Karthik. That's Karthik with an H on Twitter. And filter underscore coffee. That's coffee with a K on Instagram. Instagram.